0: what is up acl nation welcome in to bagging and bragging episode 22 fresh off of an amazing shootout and an amazing open out in mesa arizona not to mention an amazing venue where we got to go play in a little blind draw on thursday we had a lot of fun out there mish handed it to me rich Chandless let me down it's all his fault And then I returned the favor by letting Cash Chambers down. <laughs> so, keep it rolling. Just keep it rolling. <laughs> sorry about that. You know, my bad. But we had an amazing time. We're getting ready to go into Portland. Today's episode is going to be rapid fire. We got no time to, to breathe or anything like that. We're going from interview with Braden Wilson, the future of Cornell, along with Nick Feinstein, the owner of Whole9Yards. This is episode number 22, the very first episode after episode 21. So now that I got that cleared away, what up, Mish? How you doing? What,
1: <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> I,
0: I have to make up our own intro because even though we're the most viewed ACL show on YouTube, we, you know, we got to make the intros a lot more exciting because there's no actual footage.
1: Well, we're not. Around the ACL beats us. So that's actually not true. So
0: the, uh, the, the ones I watched, the ones I looked at. Oh,
1: okay. Okay. Got it. No, yeah. That's fine. It's, it's I just selective,
0: just give... selective. <laughs>
1: I mean, our show is definitely better on YouTube because we always have these highlight reels that are super fun to watch. Um, And yeah, I would recommend that. But if you're on the podcast, we appreciate you as well. Been a fun uh, little weekend. It's nice. uh, I keep bragging about the fact that West Coast events, let's go. (laughs) I, I sure do appreciate events that are only hour and a half flights for me. Great news for me. I know not great news for just about everybody else.
0: <laughs> it wasn't bad. It gets bright early out there though. It does. That's, it does. That's something that's going to take some getting used to. I always wonder why Nick's calling me at like five o'clock in the morning. It's <laughs> sunny out there at five o'clock in the morning. I'm like. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Very sure. Sure. I
1: felt like Arizona was more like we had to wake up at six, I think five thirty-six for the airport. And I was actually shocked at how bright it was. Now I know Daylight savings is happening. Summer's here, so that's a big part of it. But it's kind of like, all right, I don't know if I'm quite awake, son. Like, I don't know if you should be awake yet, but here we are. Whole nine yards, you guys, you have to listen to the interview. It's so cool to hear the vision and where it's going. And um, everything he talks about is so true because that place is perfect for any cornhole player. Like, they've literally thought of everything.
0: Yeah, I I had a blast. I was kind of blown away. I I thought it'd be nice. I didn't realize it'd be that nice. Um, So job well done to them out there. Todd Kosicki, Nick Feinstein, excellent job. Um, I kind of want to brag a little bit on the juniors division, Mish. As you should. It is getting very, very interesting. We're going to interview Braden here in a little bit. But uh, Ian Cripps, Braden Wilson putting on a show. We're sitting here going through these 18U uh, players, and then the players that are under 16, so right now, there is a rule in place in the ACL that no one else under 16 will be allowed to be an ACL pro. Now, I talked with Trey Ryder about all that, and they're going to have discussions here in the next two, three weeks about maybe changing that based on what the discussions are going with these different, uh, you know, draft kings and other gambling sites, stuff like that. So that might open up. But for the purpose of this discussion, we're going to kind of base things off of what the rules are set in place right now which is that only between 16 and 18, you'll actually be able to be an ACL pro. Anyone below that will be offered a PDC spot as long as they qualify. So I went through the standings. Ryan Wiedenfeld is number two. So Ryan Wiedenfeld's locked in. He is over 16, so he's in that ACL pro category. Now, if you're currently in there as an ACL pro, you're locked in. Bella, she's got, I believe, the number one ranked women's standing for the rest of the season, and she's in there for Pro singles, she's in there for pro double. Bell is in, okay? So that takes up two spots. You don't have to worry about Caden Allen. He's um, in the high up in the rankings, but he's going to be over 18. Brady Foster is above Braden Wilson, but he's going to be over 18, so that's not going to be an issue for them there. Braden Wilson is currently locked in at the 18th spot with 4,957 points. Ryan Trader is number 20. With 4,955 points. Jaden Ellis is number 29 with 4,951 points. So, whenever I say these next three opens are very important, I'm wow. not lying. It's going to come down to the wire as far as how these are going to play themselves out. So, you know, Fisher Hamilton's one's going to age out. Kayla Basson's going to age out. Um, we got to keep an eye on Michaela Calvi. Landon Bass, just to name a few other ones, but this juniors division that we have right now is just absolutely stacked. So I'm pretty sure, um, based on what the conversation that I had with Trey, is you know Braden, Ryan Trader, Jaden Ellis, um, I think they're all pretty much going to be in there as far as PDC rankings um, are concerned. As we can offer a pro contract, but the fact that I even went through a hundred names in the standings and there's at least ten percent that are in the juniors division is remarkable. That's crazy. You know? And and we talked to Braden here. He's like, I've been throwing for three years. And it's kind of like, it's sickening in a way. It's like, you know, I put in five years. Now, granted, I got interrupted with the commentator. Who knows how good I could have been if it wasn't for this job.
1: Wait, the potential is there. Yeah, we yeah. just didn't get to reach it.
0: Yeah, I was just born <laughs> in the wrong era is all, you know. <laughs> but, but I mean, no, it's just remarkable. And not only are they just high in standing. So, yeah, they're winning their points. You know, Ryan Wiedenfeld plays in Nebraska. But, I mean, he's elite talent level, yeah. you know, so it's, they're putting on the shows. It's not that they're just getting the points. They are legit some of the best in the country.
1: Yeah, it's, it's for real. Now, so there's going to be two spots essentially open, um, and yeah. I'm assuming Vincent Frisch gets moved from PDC to pro. Yeah,
0: I don't know how you can't move him. I don't know what his pro ranking is. I only look to the open rankings, but, I mean, Vincent Frisch, strong out of the PDC every single time. So he's going, um, you know, pretty decent in these brackets. Huge upset last time over Matt Guy. Yeah, I mean, Vincent Frisch. If there is a, you know, recognition part of this process, he needs to be in.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then I don't, I don't know, Sammy Soto. I mean, it's hard to say who that second because Sammy Soto will be over 16, right? He's he's 15 yes, now or 16.
0: I think Sammy Soto's around 15 or 16 age, age range. So. Yes. He's another one of these young guys who deserves to be in. But, I mean, yeah, there's just not enough spots as far as the it goes right now with the eight spots. So hopefully the conversations over the next two or three weeks opens up quite a bit. Um, I know Ian Cripps is currently in there. So he, he's basically grandfathered in um, as long as he still qualifies right. off of the criteria going forward, which is basically pro, top 50 doubles, and then top 100 singles is going to be at the bottom of this category. So as long as these other people qualify – then you know. Then they'll take the single standards into consideration. But it's going to be interesting how it shakes down over these next three opens. It's like I said, very, very important for these juniors to get out there and have a good showing.
1: Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> you could, you guys can do it. I believe in you. All right, we're going to take a quick break and come back with one of those young players right after this. Mm-hmm. We are back with our first interview, which is going to be the one and only Brayden Wilson. He's 11 years old. He's been playing cornhole for three whole years, which is longer than me, by the way. <laughs> Somehow. Yet, he's just a little guy. Um, and so much better than me and Wally. By the way, I'm going to throw you in there, Wally. I'll allow it. Yeah, he's better than us. Uh, but Brayden, welcome to the show. We're happy to have you.
2: Thank you for having me, man. This is like one of my, been a goal for Three years basically. So
0: To be yeah. on our show? Yes. Oh, there you go.
1: Yeah, and- See? So to just- be interviewed.
2: I feel like
0: he's been prepped.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Did you go to, like do a dry run before this or something?
2: Well, <laughs> me and my dad have like been practicing for probably three months now, but he said it's gonna come, so you better be prepared. So I love it. Hey, that's
1: more preparation than any of our other guests, right, Wally?
0: Yeah, 100%. I mean, let's actually go ahead and start right there then, Brayden. Um, the support that you got with your mom and your dad traveling all across the country, obviously you can't do it on your own. Talk about how important it is to have them in your corner, and not only that, but willing to chase this dream of an 11-year-old of qualifying as an ACL pro. And let's talk about your parents real quick. It's amazing. It's just
2: it- – I just love it because it's just, they just, they're always, they're by my side when, through everything, so.
0: Yeah, not just them, but I mean, every time there's a Texas match going on, you got Deborah Odom there, AJ Sims is there, Eddie. You got everyone from Texas basically sitting there behind your back. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I love seeing your little entourage following you around, if you will.
2: Yes, I got a great group behind me, like, through Texas, like, Deb, KB, like AJ, Jaime, just a bunch of bunch of people, and it's just a lot of fun to have them on my side. All
1: right, Brayden. So obviously the mechanics of cornhole people can master with time, and you absolutely have. How have you approached the mental side of the game?
2: Mm, my dad said that's like a huge part of it, and he's like he's been trying to get me a lot better at it, and I. Gotten a lot better," he said. You're, "Every time you have an attitude, you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose because you can't have an attitude. You always, if you miss a bag, you gotta let it go and just let it go. Focus on the next bag. It's in the past. It's already happened.
0: Wise words. Yeah, I might have stole that uh, little coaching there from Frozen. But once you let it go, you gotta let it go. Yeah, you're <laughs> going Elsa on oh, us. Yeah, yeah. Elsa, you change your game.
2: We oh, I mean, look man. at Devin
0: Harbaugh. Devin Harbaugh is talking about you know, um, you know, you got to respect the mental part of the game. AJ Sims was like, you know, you're a fool if you don't believe that the mental part of the game is as important yes. as it is. So.
1: Huge part of the game. Easy to say though. Like, how are you able to keep your emotions like calm without having big reactions? You are just 11 years old.
2: Like, mm, I just like want to keep them calm so like can you repeat the question
1: because <laughs> yeah just so when you when you miss a bag or something and you feel like frustrated or whatever like are you able to just feel it and let it go or, or what's going through your head at that time like, like how do you stay I'm calm
2: a little frustrated then like after that round I'll try and let it go and I will and then the next round I'll just get back to my normal stuff and what
1: about like pressure do you feel like nerves or pressure
2: not really, cause they're like when I play another kid, kinda I'm like, all right, here you go. If they beat you, they're gonna brag, but and stuff like that. But when I'm playing like an adult, like say my dad or something or somebody around here, I'm like no pressure. I'm just like just you can beat them. You have no <laughs> pressure. They're not gonna brag.
0: <laughs> so That's do you look forward to these tough matchups against some of these elite pros or do you see their name come up in the bracket and you're kind of like oh man i hope this is a good one what's yeah, your mindset going to these tough matchups
2: i'm just like ready to play because i want to have fun and if i beat them i beat them and i can say i beat a pro
1: true mm-hmm. what do your um fellow non-cornhole playing friends think about all this
2: Oh, uh, they, they, they think I'm dumb. They think <laughs> like I have like a friend group at school that I hang out with and that, that they, they don't want me to play cornhole. They want me to play soccer with them. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to play soccer. I'm already in cornhole.
1: They don't get it. No,
2: they don't get it. They don't get it.
1: Did you tell them like, I can like potentially get on ESPN. Yes. I told them
2: that. And I, I've, been on ESPN, and like ever since then, they've been nicer to me. <laughs> <laughs> What's it gonna take? <laughs> so, so why
0: don't you bring them over to the cornhole world then? If they're trying to get you to go play soccer, just tell them, "No, uh, oh, soccer's dumb. Come play cornhole."
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, one of my friends, his name is Ryder. He's been to a few switch holios, and it was really fun. Well, I I got his part. I got partnered with him one time. It was hard because I've, like, taught him how to throw, like, a cornhole bag. He knows how to spin it and stuff, but he's not consistent with it. He's He yeah. had fun that night, though, but we lost that game.
1: It's fun. <laughs> as long as they have fun, I mean, you, yeah, that's how you it, get hooked.
2: It was a lot of fun.
1: <laughs> I think that's – I think it's got to be so weird for, like, fellow kids to see – because there's not a lot of kids that play cornhole in the scheme of the world. <laughs> there is in our little world, but – they must think it, it, yeah, they must think it's crazy. Yes.
0: So what is it like for you whenever you're in school? You you go to school, you go through your classes. Are you focused on school or you just dying uh, to get back on the boards and then you get out of school you go practice right away? Or what do you do? What's a normal day look like for you?
2: So if it's like, a, I just got out of school. So my days in the summer, or right, I just come to my shop. I sleep in, come to my shop and practice for probably three, two hours. And then I'll play basketball a little bit and then play video games a little bit.
0: And What's then your practice routine? Do you play against yourself with eight bags or just four bags or situations do no, so, you do?
2: Like, so I have, I have this paper and it's like, so first I do a DECA and then I play ghost seven rolls, go seven, seven air and then go seven, you have to do two and two. So go seven rolls and air combined. And then I do... um how many I can get how many rolls I can get out of twenty and how many armours I can get out of twenty. And then i do block flop armo pushes, like what I can get out of ten. And then I just finish off with a Deca, and then I'll play with my my sister or my dad.
0: You're beating a ghost seven by rolling?
2: Yeah, I I beat it most of the time.
0: Mish can you beat a ghost seven normal?
1: I no. <laughs> I, was like, I was gonna say I can't roll a bag, but <laughs> no to both of those <laughs> I, is the reality of the situation. Your sister's getting pretty good, though. I hear. Yes,
2: like before, we've been practicing, and my dad, we playing basketball, and he won three hundred twenty dollars from me. And my sister gets a ghost nine every time, and she beat me.
1: She beat wow! Me.
2: Yes, it was like twenty-one seventeen, I think. 15, one of those two. I can't remember.
1: Crazy. All right, we're gonna take a quick break and come back with more just right after this. Okay. <laughs> All right. So your your sister is beating you now. How old is your sister? Uh,
2: eight. Yeah, eight. Okay. Eight. Okay. It was, Man, I, I, I remember it was seven
1: or eight, but it's. So that's 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 about when you started.
2: Uh, I started like eight. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Eight ish nine ish.
1: so crazy. (laughs) I mean, your, yeah, your practice routine is elaborate. Now I guess if you've been listening, a lot of the conversation has been that, yes, you need to know how to do all those shots, but you need to be a hybrid player. So are you practicing just trying to get as many bags in the hole as well?
2: Mm, Yes. I'm like, I'll do Deca. I'll play Ghost 10, play Ghost 11 and I'll also practice my rolls and airmails and then blocks and every shot possible I can practice. I'll try to practice all of them. And,
1: yeah. Yeah. You don't get bored, huh? And
2: sometimes I do. That's why, I like, I, I'll practice for an hour, then I'll go play basketball, and then I'll go play my video games, and then I'll practice for another hour and just keep repeating that process so I don't get bored. Yeah, smart. Yeah.
0: That's crazy that you have such an elaborate routine at such a young age. Is that something you came up with on your own or your parents came up with it for you?
2: Oh, no, my dad actually came up with it. So, and I I just go with
0: it. It seems (laughs) to be working right now. I mean, Nick Thompson has dubbed you the future. So I believe it was New Mexico. You had a deep run. I think you fell to Carson Getty. You put on a phenomenal battle with Ian Cripps, who was your partner at this last open or at last open. And uh, Nick Thompson was like, we got to start calling him the future after that. So, what do you think about your new nickname?
2: I, I love it because <laughs> hopefully the future is true.
1: <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, we start to see players coming in younger, younger. You know, Tony Smith is one of those players that started very young, yes. um, which is yeah. more rare in our adults. Mm-hmm.
2: And Bella and KD, those two.
1: I mean, they're pretty good.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: they're really good. They double. <laughs> they double.
2: this past weekend was on fire. I was surprised yes. he didn't
0: win. Same. Yeah. Speaking of KB, I mean, he's going to age out this year, so you you're okay as far as that goes. But then another strong player you got down in Texas, Sammy Soto. Yeah. He's underage, and then mm-hmm. you got all these ridiculously talented players coming out of Texas, and it's gonna it yeah. helps you because it makes you better playing against these type of players. Yeah, but then it great. also kinda of hurts you because whenever you go to the state championships or the conferences, you're not gonna really finish as, as far as some of the other juniors across the country. Yes. So talk about talk about your competition. Do you feel like that's a benefit more or do you feel like, man, I kinda of wish I played my conferences elsewhere?
2: It's a it's a benefit because I think like if I play better competition, I'll I'll get better and I'll find ways how to play people and I'll, and then I'll just play them like that, study people. And then just play them how I, how their weakness. So, so we got a lot of good people in our conference. We have one of the best conferences.
1: Agreed. Speaking of which, you know, learning from these other players, like when you're trying to learn a new shot, like a roll or a flop, like are you asking them to teach you? Or are you watching and then just repeating? Like, how are you learning these more, um, you know, dif- difficult shots? So
2: for my roll bag, like I saw Caleb, Caleb Batson, he came to one of my regionals in my hometown and he was hitting rolls like crazy. And I, i practiced like, I would go like shorter than 27 feet, probably like 10 feet and just practice that same stuff that he does. And then I got farther and farther and then I was starting to make them.
1: So you watched him. You just, you just watched what he did. Yes. Got it. Is that the same for like your cuts and your flops and everything?
2: Uh, my cuts kind of came with the roll because like you, I can like tilt the bag and like I can tilt it this way or the way the cut the reverse cut all I needed like nose down like up like just tilting the bags like it all came with the roll bag.
1: Okay, so the roll bag's kind of like the entry into all the other shots. Yes. Okay. Yeah.
0: Is that That's your favorite shot
1: to throw?
0: Like is. Huh? Is that your favorite shot to throw?
1: No, my favorite
2: shot to throw is a bar of soap. That's it's just so fun hitting them.
0: So you don't you don't <laughs> turn down an opportunity to go after. You're going you're like the young kids. You see a squirrel, you're like, ooh, I'm going after it.
1: Yeah. Now the bar of soap, is it just hitting it super hard and then the right spot, or is there anything else to it?
2: No, so you have to if you hit it in the right spot and throw it like you have to hit like throw it it's pretty much the same throughout the whole all the bar soaps, but like if it's a lower bar soap, you gotta throw it harder and like if like Ian hit a bar soap on Hunter Thorne this weekend and I thought he was just trying to go push through it and he threw yeah. it, a normal push and it just bar soaped him.
1: I saw that. I didn't even yeah. realize it would happen. It was yeah. like a <laughs> sneaky one. Yes it was a
0: yeah, his was kind of soft. I was surprised. One thing yeah. I love about watching you, Braden, and it really drew me um, to kind of focus on watching your games a little bit closer, is you're, whenever you're in doubles, I mean, you're obviously you fire yourself up in singles, but when you're in doubles, you almost take on that coaching role. And it doesn't matter if it's somebody younger than you or if it's somebody older than you. I don't care if you're playing with Damon Dennis. You're still going to be coaching them up on the other end, trying yeah. to fire them up and just that enthusiasm. That's something you don't see in the young division. We have a problem right now in the young division, which is they're pretty quiet. (laughs) Interviewing them, talking—they're all kind of quiet. You're the exact opposite, about. Have you always been like that, just outgoing and energetic?
2: Mm, Yeah, kinda like. And I used to play other sports, and I was always like, when I would hit like a three in basketball or something, I would always fire myself up and get gain confidence from that. And it was always—it just always was fun
1: doing it. Yeah, it's more fun than being quiet, right?
2: Yeah, like I feel like it would be like just quiet. You'd just be over there like like this just like throwing a cornhole bag, but <laughs> I'd love to be smiling and have energy.
0: Do you feed off the crowd or do they kind of make you nervous?
2: I, I feed off the crowd. I, I love playing, like I, I play better than my normal game when I play on a broadcast court.
1: And, yeah, see, and, that's you know. that's what's going to take you to the end because those are the moments when you have to play your best. It doesn't really matter if you play your best before those moments. Um, what gets you consistent wins is being able to have that make you better, having pressure yes. essentially make you better,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: rising to that occasion. I do think it sounds like other sports have helped you accomplish yes. that.
2: Yes. Like, cornhole was the main, like, main, like, where I got, like, pumped up in all my games like my dad has always told me you're a great partner like to play with because I always pump up with other people like when I played with Caleb you know how he's always so quiet him and Eddie like yeah he was talking to me and we had a fun time together and we're gonna play in Wisconsin can't say it right
1: oh that's awesome yes and it's- all right Yes. That's amazing. All right, Brayden, we are out of time. It has been so awesome to connect with you and learn more about you and your game. Uh, we've I've learned a lot, so thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me. Well, y'all have a good rest of your day. You,
1: yeah, you too. too. All right, y'all
2: have a good one. Bye.
1: Right, bye. <laughs> okay. Bye. All right, that was awesome. We have our next guest. Are you ready, Wally? I'm ready. All right, bring him on. It is the one, the only, Nick Feinstein. How's it going? What up,
3: dude? good how are you guys doing pretty, good. pretty doing good, good
1: for those who don't know who he is he owns you know this little establishment called the whole nine yards <laughs> and if you've been there it is not little it is it's is actually very impressive so i'm so excited about what you built over there i'm jealous actually that we don't have it over here but um yeah like congrats on what you've built
3: thank you it was uh so a long three years of planning into what you see today. Been open about seven months now and growing every month. And obviously just had ACL open, shoot out everything in town. And it was just bananas. We even had 41 in a blind draw last night with people not getting flights until today and rental cars and stuff. So even Monday, we were still seeing some follow over traffic. So it was pretty cool to see see a bunch of the big names in the building you know <laughs> our locals were blown away so
1: I bet I mean I bet uh, you kind of I know I, I say I bet you kind of wish the ACL came to town more often
3: oh yeah I mean I mean just especially with that I mean a lot of these players see him on TV and it's not really you know it's not always real and then all of a sudden you see those players side by side and it's like you know, you're in your hometown and you see these guys throw bags side by side where you play and you just realize how much better they truly are. Like, you know, I always joke, there's yeah. this, there's these advanced players that are running around like, oh yeah, I bet I could hang with them. And they come in town and it's like, I don't even want to throw on their side. I'm like, hey, you just told me last Tuesday, you were going to whoop up on them when they came in town. And then you see them throw and they're like running away to the other side of the board. So it's kind of funny, you know, but it is. 'll well, talk yeah. us about
1: that three years of planning. I would love to hear how this all came into fruition how the how you birthed the idea and made it happen
3: so um, unlike your uh, previous guest, I've been playing for 16 years so <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, uh, the biggest challenge with cornhole has always been where do we play and you know I jokingly use the phrase like we we always borrow somebody else's house. You know, golf has a home. Tennis has a home. Shoot. Pickleball has a home now. Pool, darts. Everybody has a home. Cornhole's been. We're in somebody else's parking lot. We're in somebody else's banquet room. We're in somebody else's gymnasium. Like we're in somebody else's VFW. Like, you know, like we're somewhere else. And the problem with that is, is you try to plan these big events and all of a sudden they're like, oh, hey, this came up. You guys are out. And so you're trying to run a league, you're trying to run a whatever, and you can never execute it because of a lack of a venue. But, you know, cornhole is also challenging because unlike a pool table, unlike darts, it takes up a lot of square footage. You know, you figure an average court is eight feet by 45 feet. That's a lot of square footage, which is why most bars won't dedicate that because the mindset is always turn and burn 60 to 90 minutes with cornhole, it's just a little bit different of a model. People are here three and a half to five and a half hours average. So basically, you know, um, you might know this guy rather closely, but Todd and I are partners and whole nine. And so him and I really just sat down. And so when we started planning, like I looked at everything from a player side, like I've been playing for 16 years. What's everything that bothered me, like shadows, fixing boards, You know, like nowhere for guests. You know, people wanted to follow people around and it was like there was nowhere to follow them around, too. So that's where you guys saw like our brown couches. Those actually aren't for players. They're for guests. So like when people have their little entourage that follows around, like they're close enough to put the streaming up and do stuff like that. But then they're out of the gameplay as well. So And then Todd listed everything from the director's side, like tablets dying, setting up boards, having to remeasure. So that's why we have like the painted lines and stuff like that. Not just for fair gameplay, but for ease of knowing, like you're not sitting there adjusting the boards. People are training. You know, we even went with the all cornhole pro series. So like everybody training to go pro is using the same equipment that they would see at ACL tournaments and stuff like that. So really everything we tried to look at was like, how to make a director's job easy and how to make the best player experience. Like my staff might pump punch me in the face if I say it one more time, but everything for us is player experience. You know, like I want every single time that they come into this building that they leave saying like, that was awesome. Whether it's a regional, whether it's a conference, whether it's a Tuesday switch, or whether it's a clinic where we're bringing in some local pros to hand out tips. Like we really want to push that player experience and that, that's what we tried to do and even like our menu and our food and drink menu is catered towards like how people are playing like we do a lot of finger foods and stuff like that that's easy to grab we even like rebuilt our menu for stuff that stays warmer because people will eat between games so like unlike a restaurant where you sit down and start chewing down like here you may eat a little bit go play a game eat a little bit so we really built a menu that stays warm longer and it's easy to eat as you go throughout like you know, it's sitting there trying to eat a big old burger, making a mess, and then you got to go grab your bags and put grease all over my floor. So, you know. Yeah.
0: That's That's a good thing that you said at the beginning
3: because a lot
0: of people out there just like to complain about stuff, and they don't really turn it into a solution. So, I mean, Jimmy Humans, I'm sure, thanks you very much for spray painting the lines down where the boards go. He's always on court number one for me, and I don't care if it's measured 17 times, it's going to be wrong the 18th time for him, but... Yeah. Uh, no, I definitely like that approach, taking the negative taking the negative and turning it into a positive, not just a positive, but something that is truly amazing. Um, as far as the player experience goes, I had a blast, except for whenever you rigged the bracket to play me twice. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that was all about. I don't know why
3: was me, Sometimes you got to shoot your shot, you know? So. Yeah. <laughs> <right> time, so. <laughs>
0: I was having a good time out there. So Yeah, it
3: was a real good time. And, I mean, it's funny because, you know, I know my role in the cornhole world. I tried the pro thing for a couple of years. And like, honestly, like those Friday, you know, that Thursday night with the pre-swap thing, like that, that was just a blast getting to see everybody and all the big names, you know, you got rich from BG showing up, you got some high level pros showing up. Like it was a really cool experience. And then like, you know, we're just getting on the boards, getting to play against people that you see on these podcasts and stuff like that. And it's super cool. So I appreciate you guys coming out, minus the tequila. <clears throat> so, fall <yeah. laughs> <laughs> in my shot glass, and I had to get rid
0: of it. <laughs> <in the house.
1: laughs> you had no choice. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's all. Well, it all those details did not go unnoticed. I mean the cou- the long couches, the booths, the comfort of everything, um, the food options. Like, I definitely took all that to place. I guess. Uh, my next question after we got to take a quick break when we come back but i i want to know big plans like are we going to get more of these around the country cuz we need them so take a quick break and come back right after this <music> all right nick like i said you've only been open 7 months and we already want them everywhere we live aside from arizona so what are the big picture plans for the whole 9 yards
3: I mean, the big picture plan would obviously be to go multi-location. Um, you know, I think the the biggest thing is obviously we're seven months in, you know, the first 60 days, every single day we were making changes. Then we were making changes every week. And now we've kind of got down to where we're making changes every month. Um, and so we always said location one was the blueprint. You know, we're still in that blueprint, which you know, seven months in, we haven't even hit seasonality yet. So, like, I don't know, summer, winter, spring, like, you know, we opened October 1. So we essentially opened day one of the ACL season. So, like, I haven't even seen that downtime yet in that August, September, where, like, everybody's going to the throwdown or they're going to surf rodeo or they're going to these, you know, other larger non-ACL tournaments and stuff like that. So what is that stuff going to look like? So, you know, my goal was always to, hey, get through a year, you know, I've talked to a couple other people that have some venues or warehouses or other types of stuff around the country and they've got different seasonality issues. So I think that's another thing that I would love to get to the multi-location, but even our food menu, like we're on, we're on version 3.5 of our food menu because we had these grand ideas and we thought this was going to smash. And then like, it went a totally opposite direction. So we're also in that, we're still in that experimental stage, but, um, Actually, ironically, Thursday night was insane because, you know, I had we had a manager running the front desk and she was running the ACL tournament, and then I had my managers on the floor, so I was actually technically a player Thursday night, which was awesome. I had more conversations about bringing this to another location than I did anything else. I mean, it was insane. I mean, I was joking. I was. I think I was eight to ten inquiries deep of people saying like Texas, Washington. Nevada, Colorado. Hundred percent
0: so, need St. Louis.
3: Yeah, and St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> so, California. So, I mean, yeah, California would be amazing. Um, actually, I got a really funny story. We ran a we ran one of the Western conferences here, and Richard Morgan's the director for the Western Conference. He said it was it was faster for him to drive to San or drive from San Diego, set up his computer on our tablets, and than it was for him to like load boards, get them in a trailer, get to the venue, unload them, measure them, set up tablets and stuff. He said the drive from California to Arizona was a faster setup for him than trying to set up locally. And so to me, that was like, that was huge. You know, that was like, that's what we wanted. I mean, we will, we'll pivot almost every single day. Like on a Sunday, if we see a spike in numbers, we'll split brackets. We'll set up a new tournament. It's not just like what we decided to do today is what we're going to do. Like there's a lot Mm -hmm. of there's a lot of read the room situations and stuff. So that's the goal of the venue is it's just cornhole 24 seven. And hopefully we can do cornhole 24 seven in 50 States. Cause I think that's where the growth is at, um, you know, the growth and a little bit of the legitimacy, you know, I think that everybody playing in different venues in different environments and stuff like that creates inconsistency. But like, if we can get venues like this across the country, that's what pushes the sport to another level. Um, you know, playing for 16 years, it was, it was the same 13 guys for like the first four years we played. And then it was the same 30 people. And then like, even some of the smaller groups that have survived around us, it's like, it's the same 20 people that go there. But if you pull up our blind draw on a Tuesday night, there's 40 names you don't know. And that's where like the growth (laughs) of us is like, we're pulling in so many new players and, and even how we market, like, We have a separate Facebook group that caters towards competitive cornhole players. But then all of our like branded social goes towards new players because we really want to drive that new traffic. And, you know, we want people we want to introduce people to the sport. Like I think you guys saw like the first thing on our shelf is we got 50 sets of ACL stamped bags. So the first thing they're ever throwing is an ACL stamped bag. And they're like, what is this stamp for? And that kind of introduces the conversation to the ACL and everything else. And then that brings them into local points. That brings them into a regional. Like, we're pushing almost 180 to 220 in a regional once a month. So our regional numbers are huge. Um, State this year is going to be pushing 450. So, like, our numbers are just going really big on what we've done. And the focus has just been, like, growing the sport, you know. I know you know me as whole nine, but I also started another company, bags boards and the same thing. Like the, the whole passion behind that was just growing this sport, you know, like we started the whole little patch craze with the Velcro and stuff like that. And the point of that was like to help new groups grow, you know, it was a super low cost for them to make some money and buy some boards and buy some tablets. And I don't know, it's just always been number one passion for me has just been introducing people to the sport. And that's where the whole, major focus of this is like competitive Cornwall people, they'll always find it. They're junkies though. I mean, you could put yeah. a Facebook link in, in the hundredth page of a website and they'll still find that tournament. But how do we make the ease of registration, the ease of signing up for new players? And that's where our biggest focus is with whole nine is new players and bringing them in. Like we offer free clinics almost every single month to kind of like help people feel comfortable, you know, cause you get that backyard warrior that like, feels like he's awesome. Then he comes into a blind draw and he's like, you know, he's the first person out and he's like, man, I beat up on my friends. Like what happened? And it's like, well, yeah. You know, Cornwall, different." yeah, cornhole players, their bags and their Zookas and their jerseys, they can be a bit intimidating. So like, how do we, yeah. how do we kind of break that mold and break that like ease of bringing them in? And that's where I think the environment and everything else that it just doesn't feel like a warehouse with board set up. It feels like an environment to come in and learn. And You know we really push like uppers and lowers and sometimes we'll even run socials so like free entry tournaments that like nothing's on the line and then also with nothing on the line it moves a lot of the competitive cornhole players out of that bracket so they're playing against other new people it puts them in a more less intimidating environment and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um
1: Do, do you see it like the bowling alley model at all
3: so we jokingly say if Top Golf and a bowling alley had a baby for cornhole, that's what we're trying to accomplish here. Um, what what makes cornhole, in my opinion, super special and super unique is that it is community, it is family. So, like you guys saw the other night, like we had 300 plus people in here. We have 18 tables. Like because we've even had to change our service structure and everything. That like people will have one table. Despite there being six chairs there might be 12 to 15 people at that one table with four different tabs going cuz they all hang out in groups. Yeah, I don't Where, think we sit down at all really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like bowling and top golf is very like lane specific. Like bowling you stay at lane 1 the entire time. Like top yeah. golf you stay at lane 6 the entire time. With cornhole you may be 1 to 4 to 7 to 13 to 14, you know, whatever it is how you move throughout the venue. So when we really designed the layout it was that you like you had a home base, but then you kind of went out there, you know, like you went, it made it easy to move around the venue. And that's why the tables are to the center and the couches are the outside. So then the entourage can kind of follow around, but you have your food, your drinks, your bags, all kind of centrally located so that you can move around the venue with ease because mm-hmm. so the, the Bowen Alley model is somewhat there. Um, we've taken some hints from that, but at the same time, the venues just used differently, and how the space is used. So, and that's, and that's back to that learning. Like again, we've changed the layout three times since we've been open. So, <laughs> as, Crazy. We con- as we continue to learn, but you know, sometimes you just got to stop talking and listen. And Wally hit the nail on the head. Like a complaint is actually, that's to me, that's the most beautiful thing. If somebody's complaining, that means they care enough to say something. If people yeah, don't.
0: Air, they My life feeds wouldn't be the same if people didn't complain. I mean, yeah. I, I take all yeah. those complaints. I joke about it while I'm on the air, but then off the air, I go home and I cry a little bit and I think about <laughs> <to> it.
1: <laughs> Make of yeah. cry. Oh, man, this is, like, so fascinating. Unfortunately, we're out of time, but um, it has been so cool to learn more about um, the facility, and I can't wait to watch it grow, and uh, every time we come to Arizona, it's definitely the spot to hit, so thanks so much for what you created.
3: Awesome. You guys are welcome thanks, anytime. Buddy. I love to have you, so... Thanks Appreciate so much, it, Nick. Bye, guys. Bye.
1: Yep. All right, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back with your highlights right after this. Wally, you put together highlights from what? Where are we looking at? So this is
0: from the, previous, or the last open that we just had. So we just okay. came back from Mesa, Arizona. So due to the time constraints and the different time zones, landing back here a little bit later than normal, getting everything unloaded, uh, and then waking up, and then doing this, and getting ready to go. We had to basically just run them back to back to back to back. So we're not going to do it. the breakdown as far as uh, air mails, awkward pushes, and all that stuff. It's just all in, all in one. So
1: it's a free for all.
0: It's a free for all. We got about eight minutes okay. of uh, highlights here. So here we go. Starting things off with our favorite. There's Ryan Smith, awkward knuckles, <laughs> with Joe Nathan.
1: Oh man, it's always so good.
0: Yeah. But, uh, I mean, you got your usual heavy hitters in this one, just doing heavy hitter things. I mean, Devin Harbaugh, Jake Traczynski over the top with these airmails, leaving the piles in place. Um, for those of you that are asking, yes, the Opera knuckles, the highlight reel is in the works. I should have that ready for Portland. Uh, so we head out to Portland tomorrow, and then it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm still just such a huge fan of the airmail drives, that little corner sitting on there. I know. Might yeah, cross, might the center line there, Vincent. Be careful, bud.
1: Careful, Vince. we are coming for you.
0: Yeah, this was this was your birthday present. Remember, Mish? This is <laughs> my birthday.
1: Oh, I remember my birthday present. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> it did not disappoint. That was a really, really good match. Disappoint. I mean, this this is so far. This is just one match of all those highlights that we've seen so far. That's <laughs> yeah,
1: crazy. Oh, that is that. They're all human highlight reels. So that's what you're yeah. gonna get.
0: Yeah, speaking of human highlight reels, Ian Cripps was just on a whole nother level. Every single time we get this kid on broadcast, he does not disappoint. He's hitting rolls, pushes, airmails. Ooh. I mean, look at he that little that. roll collect on the side. Braden oh, finished uh, yeah, it off like on his got, side with the... then you got Tony right there. He's like, I'm not giving awkward knuckles. I'm going to dangle it right here and just wait for you to make the first move.
1: <laughs> going to feel
0: out the room. Yeah, he was smart. Look at that. Just That's one bag insane. In front, How does that one bag, bag not in the fall? Back. Insane. Crazy. Man, I, yeah, we'll talk a little bit. Uh, Ooh, more that that season. Was that the one? Go back a little bit. That was bit.
1: it, wasn't it? Oh, oh, uh, oh, uh, oh, uh, Here we go. Did I go back?
0: There's the triple collect. These are both on each side. Okay. Might, yeah, I this went this back a little yeah, we didn't think he even threw this one that hard, but he was able to get underneath it, slick side, pops it on the back, and then collects. Big shot right there. Got the audio off, but Brayden Wilson's down the other end, fired up off of that shot. Yeah, he was. And then a roll collect. <laughs> well, I mean, what else is he going to do here? Just another roll, just nasty what else? One.
1: What else can he do?
0: Kid Wonder. Kid Wonder in the future. I low-key like that pairing, like, we're going to talk more and more throughout the rest of the season here as the juniors division starts to kind of wind down to see who can make it in. But I, I love what we're seeing out of uh, Ian Cripps and the Braden Wilson. And I want more of it.
1: Me too. Oh, there's the star, the, the yep. women's star.
0: Miran Mir is on fire. And then we got oh, – those are late that's – not, that's not on Gina. That's on Vanessa. Those are late knuckles right there.
1: That was. She, she went past the window of, mm-hmm. of when you should be expecting yeah. it.
0: Yeah, it's like you're not supposed to cross over center board. <laughs> Poor Ryan. He couldn't, get nothing. He couldn't <laughs> get nothing to fall in that shootout match. And then even in overtime, he just had to push, bars open himself back, sets on the back, doesn't go. Uh, he, he's he's definitely made a name for himself this season. Hopefully, He's on the same page. A little cut collect there from Alec Ryan.
1: Got it surrounded. Jordan,
0: Jordan Kimber right here. This could have been his broadcast instead of Mark Rich's broadcast. <laughs>
1: Yeah, could have been.
0: He's shooting very, very well recently. Him and Blaine, I like that pairing as well.
1: Kind of that same bag. Oh
0: God! Just leaving that blocker in place, cutting around the side. No, Wooten is so good at throwing sticky side and getting collects on either side. I of the know. Way.
1: He, yeah, it's like crazy. You would think he flipped the bag. He doesn't even need to.
0: See, players like this right now, they're not even using the front of the hole anymore. They're kind of sneaking around the side and going in from that 3 o'clock or 9 o'clock position. Like, for players like us that are trying to improve, how do we compete with that? You can't. Like, like you're like, okay, if I get a blocker down against this guy, I got a good shot. And then, Yeah, nope. No.
1: Well, most I'm people, like, the block alone just gets in their head. I mean, not most people. Most people are level. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, Most people
1: their yeah. level, it doesn't.
0: I was like, ha-ha, perfect block. And then they leave that block there. I'm like, well, now what do I do?
1: Yeah, you're like, no, I don't want to deal with it. (laughs) (laughs) You're supposed to be thrown off by it, not me. (laughs) All
0: right.
1: Second here. Oh, it's a slow, slow fall.
0: Yeah, you got that drip. Big push right there. Deep on the board. Game's over. Give me my knuckles. I deserve them. Before (laughs) he even threw the bag. (laughs) Oh, man, Jacob. Gavin, Gavin might might well, might, well, be line, might be over the line, might be over the center
1: line <laughs> a little
0: bit. <laughs> just walk, just walk up the board, go where you want. It's fine. <laughs> oh, almost. Uh, and again, Fisher Hamilton and Gavin Kano finished second in the bracket here. This could have been their third shootout finish in a row. There he is, there the is future. Again. Just three bag push up the board like it ain't nothing, those aren't even his bags. Good yeah, run from D-Boy yes. this weekend, too. D-Boy was great,
1: he he did, he did, he had a lot of great games.
0: Yeah, and then here's Jeff over here getting sneaky. Good to see him back on the boards. Hopefully, you see more out of him going forward. Uh, Austin Renard we just got done our little collab and. He, he came real, real close. He was shooting very well in this match against Nick and um, Andrew. Brought him back to it. A chance right here to keep it going. And that's how you lose the game. You borrow Oh, God. The
1: bag just not working in your favor there.
0: Vincent cutting around is just nasty. That's your, that's your boy, Mish. You know, that's your boy.
1: He's good. He is
0: good. So he'll be a junior next year as well, right? He stays junior pro one more time, right?
1: Well he's PDC. I'm I'm hoping yeah. he gets moved up to pro.
0: Yeah, so I did have a conversation yeah, about, about that. So we'll have to keep an eye out for yeah. the uh juniors, you know, what they qualify as a pro next year. Again, yeah, that's on that side of the hole. She's ridiculous. It's not even fair. Poor Alec. No. Alec had no love. <laughs> like
1: <laughs> the bags did not give him any love. They did not. Sometimes that happens. That's cornhole gods.
0: Yeah. I don't uh, know. how I don't know how Ryan's able to double clutch and then refocus and hit not only that shot but then this one here. Look at this. Ryan sees room. I remember personally.
1: this. Yep. I don't know. Yeah, I I, don't, I, I wouldn't have thought anything would have even fallen.
0: Yeah. No. He got. He actually got two points out of that. Like That's when I was I looking at that, I was thinking he's giving up three points. I thought there was no possible way.
1: I thought it was trampolining. Trampolining is that a word?
0: Yep. I, I, I like it. <laughs> But, I mean, we look at the pro standings or the uh, junior standings. Sammy Soto, he has just continued to go deep in bracket. Had a great, great run. Ran into Moses, who was just on fire. The he was. side collect right there for seven points for the win.
1: I'm wondering if he's going to keep it going. You know, we're going into Portland, so it's same time <laughs> zone. I uh, will see if, if Moses can keep that streak. God, oh, that's nasty.
0: Yeah, there little five shots in this little highlight reel with players going in on that right side of the hole with nothing there. And then the very next shot from Damon Dennis going up top, dragging them all down on fire. I mean,
1: yeah.
0: I love to see it. I love to see it. Pacing is becoming a storyline Mish. We saw with Kingsbury, yeah. Allen Rawls, Damon Dennis. I mean, if if they players play don't learn how to deal with the pacing, they're gonna be in trouble.
1: Well, they play their pace, which is m- not most people's pace, and so nope. you have to adjust, and it'll it'll get you.
0: Caleb with different level roles, Aramis, Caleb Basson. You know, not taking anything away from Den- Damon Dennis. Caleb Basson was the best player at this last Open. and, and Unfortunately, I get he's an I not. I give him MVP. And a lot of players, too, they're getting really good at using that bag as a bumper to redirect. It's like they've been listening to me as I've been coaching. <laughs> when, when I go back to these highlight reels and I talk about things, like it's, they're, they're taking me. Oh, no, place.
1: Wally, Wally told me, so um, it's uh, it's important.
0: I fixed everything.
1: If Wally and says it, one. it must be true. And one, that's how we're going to end it right there. All right. all right, everyone, we are out of time, but uh, we will see you guys all next time. And for those of you going to Portland, we'll see you there.